What is going on, everyone? Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders. I am very grateful to have your attention, at least for the next 15 minutes of this episode. Forward Thinking Founders is a podcast where I interview pre-seed and seed stage founders about their products, what they want to build into the world, and why. We dive into how they spend their time, what's their vision, what's the origin of stories, all these things, so you can learn all about what's coming tomorrow. Because these companies haven't hit critical scale yet. Most of them haven't hit product market fit. These are just early stage companies, and the big question is, what can this be? And in this podcast, we bring that out. So with that, I really hope you enjoy your time listening to today's episode. And I've already done 200 plus, so if you like this one, listen to some of the other ones, like with Imadi Kuhn, Austin Allred, Leah Culver. We have great interviews, so check it out. Enjoy the repository, and for now, let's get into today's episode. Here we go. All right, how's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Forward Thinking Founders, where we talk to founders about their companies, their visions for the future, and how the two collide. Today, I'm very excited to be talking to Adam Jones, who's a co-founder of FanFest. Welcome to the show. How's it going? How's it going, Matt? I'm good. It is, it's going well. I'm, you know, chilling with the northern lights behind me, just enjoying, enjoying fun Zoom backgrounds, and excited to chat with you about FanFest. For those who haven't heard of what you're working on or aren't familiar with FanFest, what is it? What are you working on? Yeah, so the, the the big mission is ultimately to become, you know, the Shopify for virtual live events, but not targeting small businesses necessarily, actually targeting the biggest media companies in the world um, that have billions of fans that care about their content, like sports teams, like TV studios, film studios, like record labels, you know, give them the tools to make money from fans wherever they are. Um, through virtual experiences and actually also virtual products. And so we've started with sports. Um, you can think of our product itself as like almost like the best features from Twitch or YouTube Live, giving those tools to sports teams and letting those teams create experiences, you know, interact, virtual tailgates, uh, meet and greet players, uh, go behind the scenes, like go in the locker room, stadium tours, all virtually, um, so they can increase revenue from fans anywhere in the world. Uh, we launched this in August. Um, so very kind of timely around sports being shut down <laughs> virtual and no one, no fans in the stands. Um, and since then, fans have spent 100,000 minutes in FanFest um, from all over the world, 1,000 cities, 100 countries. Um, and the teams are really happy too because they're seeing fans, when they promote the events and the experiences, fans are converting at like a 30% conversion rate from the profile to the experience. So crazy 2020, but productive. Fanfest. Yeah, absolutely. This is really fascinating. So let's say I was the owner of a sports team. You know, I found out about FanFest, you know, from, from this podcast. Can you kind of walk me through the flow from first hearing about it to like how to actually use it and get my fans on it and or get the, the team's fans on it and like what they can do? Just kind of walk me through a little bit of the product experience would, would be great. Sure. So from the team owner's perspective, the way they probably discover it um, is seeing another team using it, right? And being like, what the heck is that? And, and by the way, I've got a, you know, multi-million dollar budget hole. <laughs> so how are they making money with this virtual stuff? Um, they'd reach out to us. We normally actually host, instead of using Zoom, we actually host that conversation in FanFest. <laughs> so that gets them up to speed really, really fast. Um, and then it really comes down to the type of experience they want to create. Do they want to get players involved? Do they want to target the season ticket holders and, and really create like super premium experiences to make their season ticket holders happy? Are they, you know, going for something that fans really create on their own to say, hey, here's a bunch of content. Here's maybe a kind of a behind the scenes. Um, I'll use football as an example, you know, like sideline cam perspective, alternate 
broadcast that we're going to be doing just for fans and fan fest sign up here but yo just create a room invite your friends and family and enjoy like it's it's, it's more of a private thing um you know all these types of experiences are possible and so it's really down to them to say they know their fans best kind of what they want to create and what their fans will pay for and then it's really easy within 24 hours they could have their own fan fest and I'd love to hear a little bit about the origin story here. You know, why did you decide to start this? And what's the origin story for FanFest? Once upon a time, and this is also one of the reasons we started with sports as a vertical. Once upon a time, I was a really boring management consultant. Um, and I was on the road all the time. And I'd be watching sports and, you know, be all alone, right? Because you're in a random city. You don't know anyone. You don't know where to go. You don't know what bars to go to, et cetera. And so I always found that very kind of bizarre, given the state of technology and at that point, it was like 2015. Um, went to the World Cup uh, in 2014. And I think that also just gave me some perspective. That's when I really got into soccer. Um, that's probably why we work with so many soccer teams now. But it gave me perspective on like how global some of these sports really are inside the US. Um, and then in 2015, met my co-founder. I was still consulting, but we met ironically launching a video platform uh, for Verizon and uh, learned a lot of things of what not to do. <laughs> because it was kind of like Quibi 1.0. Um, but, uh, you know, through that experience, got to know him really well. We were in the trenches building and launching that product. And then, you know, a couple of years ago, decided, hey, let's get the band back together and really kind of tackle uh, these problems for, again, initially sports teams. Um, because I guess maybe the last insight is just like how, how much they struggle to think about monetizing fans beyond the stadium um, specifically. Um, so, I can go on, but yeah, I'll stop there. And I'm, I'm kind of curious, like this is, a, it's a different world for me. Like I, you know, I, I don't know too much about sports, like the inner workings, things yep. like that. How do you like get a sports team all? Like, I mean, I guess walk me through like your day to day. Are you talking to like managers or, or is it just happening like organically? Like how are you able to get some of these teams to, to, to use this? And how do you think about getting the word out about it? That's a great question. Um, you know, our first, our first deal with this, uh, you know, billion dollar soccer team uh, in Paris. Uh, we met them at a great party, a dope party in Soho <laughs> when they were launching their jerseys, right? So that gives you a little insight into our sales process. We just kind of pull up and uh, pull up a wreck, so to speak. But um, no, in general, it's all about, you know, one of the reasons, you know, we've got, we're now up to about 15 deals now with teams. And one of the reasons there's an overwhelming representation of global soccer teams there, even though we're an American company based in New York, is because those are the teams that really were already starting to invest in you know, how do I make money in the US and, and Asia. Um, but kind of jumping, kind of zooming out, in many ways, we actually don't even think of ourselves as a sports focused company. Like that's our initial segment. But if you look across media, so you may not be a sports guy, but I'm sure you've heard of like the streaming wars, right? And, um, you know, the fact that like, uh, who is it? I'd be, um, Warner's about to launch all these movies on HBO Max, right? So there's this broader trend in media. Media, we, we strongly believe, isn't just about content anymore. It's about the community. And pre-COVID, pre-everything, there had been some, a lot of innovation on new ways to bundle the content, to sell the content. But there still hadn't been a lot of innovation on the community side. How do you increase revenue from your fans now that you have millions of fans in the whole world? And so part of that is getting addressed with direct to consumer, but like all of these quote unquote media companies, whether they're record labels, what, that's why, you know, Travis Scott's in Fortnite. That's why uh, Major Lazer's doing like Twitch concerts. That's why, um, you know, I don't know. That's why, you know, movies are getting about to get sold on, you know, streaming services. 
Um, there's this broader push around going direct to consumer, understanding the customer, owning the customer relationship. And I'd say, you know, even though you don't know maybe a ton about sports, just imagine if sports was like even further behind <laughs> than those companies in terms of figuring that out. Um, and so that's kind of the macro trend that we're tapping into. And so that's, again, I was probably consulting too long, but I kind of saw that and I was like, you know, tech can solve this stuff, right? On the community side, like creating dope virtual experiences uh, for fans um, that they'll pay for, like the time is now for that. And then that was pre-COVID. Now, you know, 200 million people every month use Zoom, so. And if you were to kind of t- take what you've done so far and zoom, zoom out, you know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, what do you what do you see as the future for, for fan fast I guess in other words what's the big vision here and, and what direction yeah. are you rowing in yeah so what I find super interesting I mean it's almost real time but these days like normal people not nerds like me I don't know maybe you but definitely me um, they're paying for virtual experiences they're paying for virtual goods in some cases you see it a lot in video games but even like crypto collectibles um, and in some cases, they're paying with virtual money for these, both of those things, right? And so that wasn't really that true like that long ago. And so where we see FanFest is kind of the, we think that's the future of the internet, right? And the future of e-commerce. The, the, the market for virtual stuff, especially once AR becomes mainstream and everyone can see the virtual stuff. So if you've got like a, you know, one of one Patagonia jacket that, we can all see, it may look like a normal without glasses, without with glasses, we all see it, then it's it's real and it's exclusive. Um, and so we see that as like a market that'll be way bigger than the physical world, which is kind of, seems kind of crazy. Um, but we want FanFest to be at the heart of that. So we want, again, when we say we want to be like the Shopify for these virtual experiences and goods, we want to give everyone, you know, starting with huge brands and millions of fans, um, the tools to really, really simply create and sell those experiences and goods on their own digital property, on their own website. They don't have to get disintermediated by Facebook or social media who kind of stand in between them and their customer. When these teams use FanFest, they're getting names, emails, okay? Like they're getting actual useful data about their audience. Um, and, you know, so that's that's kind of the vision is we see that as the future. And so we want FanFest to be a kind of the heart of that now with the biggest names in media. So by the time it's like really mainstream, you know, we're already five years ago. And to make that happen and to make the vision come to life, it'll, it'll take some work, right? And you'll need some help, just like you, just like, you know, any startup, it takes a village. So my question for you is how can the forward thinking founders community help with what you're doing here? Are you hiring? Are you looking for investors? Are you looking for customers or sports teams? Anything like that? How can, how can the community assist? Excellent. So I think you uh, you hit the nail on the head all across all three. So we're always looking to connect with the best talent right now. Uh, so we are fundraising, but primarily fundraising to grow the product teams. So I've built everything in FanFest to date. Um, and uh, my hands are starting to fall off because we just landed 13 new teams. <laughs> so And there's a roadmap that we want to execute really quickly. Um, so we're doing a, a seed round now, but it's really around at the same time we're meeting the, the really smart people that know WebRTC really well, that know kind of front end full stack really, really well, that know kind of video, live streaming video uh, back in our uh, infrastructure and how to set that up on AWS and GCP. Um, we wanna meet the smartest minds in this space like now um, so that we can h- hire them ideally during our C, but if not, definitely during our Series A. Um, and yeah, so I think that's, that's the number one. Um, keep the, keep the, we've been incredibly capital efficient to date. 
Uh, we are Techstars backed. Um, so we went to Techstars. We've got some great angels involved that are former operators. Um, but yeah, we're really ready to take the next step. And so, but, the, but it all starts with people. So yeah, um, great people, always happy to check. And then if someone wants to learn more and like maybe become a customer or just learn, learn more in any capacity, how can they find you online? What's your website, social media, email? How can they get in touch? Yeah, so um, this goes back to our conversation before this kicked off, but our handles actually are not, nothing to do with purpose. So the name of the company is Vici, V-I-C-I. And so across all social media, you can reach out to us at, at play, like play, B-L-A-Y, V-I-C-I, Vici. Um, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, LinkedIn, um, and ping us. Um, also, um, I don't know, I'm happy to kind of share our, our kind of contact email in show notes if that's something you do. So, yep. Cool. Well, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. I think this is something very, very cool. I'm looking forward to seeing you, w- watching you build it out. Thanks for coming on to the podcast. I really appreciate it. Appreciate it, Matt. Talk soon. All right. Thank you for listening to the episode of Forward Thinking Founders coming at you live from the radio station in Forward Thinking City. What is Forward Thinking City? Forward Thinking City is the number one place for people to break into tech and startups from anywhere in the world. Um, as part of Forward Thinking City, we have AMAs with some of the top founders and investors in the game. In addition, we have educational content on how to fundraise from top investors, how to build products in days, if not you know hours, using no-code tools like Webflow and Adalo. We also have plenty of opportunities for you to meet other residents, for you to exchange ideas, for you to potentially hire residents, for you to potentially, you know, invest in residents or get investment, things like that. This all goes down in Forward Thinking City. If you are interested in joining the city as a resident, go to forwardthinking.city and become a resident for $20 a month. Or if you're just interested to see what's going on in the city, feel free to come to an AMA for free. Just go to forwardthinking.city and RSVP to one of the free events. But if you want full access, to all the networking events, to all the educational resources, and all the events we have to offer. Become a resident for $20 a month, and you will be able to experience all the city has to offer. All right, I'll see you on the other side. See you there.